0: This is the Darnell Autry show. I am Darnell Autry with Daniel Blunk, and here we go. Okay, Daniel. So we've we've talked a lot about <laughs> writing scripts yes. and and developmental and and all the various steps and all the stuff that goes into you know going from beginning to end and and all the opportunities and potentials and I mean we we've we've mapped it out right right but what we haven't really addressed is how do you know if it's even worth writing (laughs) right yeah like how do I even know like I got this idea and I want to make it a film how do I know if I should even write it I mean I've talked to a few friends they said they like the idea gotcha yeah understandable
1: because a person may not have the kind of mindset where they can be concurrently writing 3 or 4 different stories at the same time. They want to focus on whatever their best idea. Is. Just yeah, just yeah. this
0: one idea I told my girlfriend or I told my mom or I told my dad or I told a coworker <laughs> and they were mind blown by my concept. Yeah. So, how do I know it's even worth writing? Like, sure. How do I know yeah, if I'm on to something? Uh,
1: I guess the place was to start would be the the simplest thing. Right. Let's start there. The simplest one is, do I have a compelling external conflict? Which is usually when you tell someone your idea for a movie, that's right. what it is. Right. Jurassic Park is a bunch of scientists are trapped on an island with a bunch of tyrannosauruses and raptors. Oh, that's that's an interesting conflict. I can immediately see how that could be a good movie. Mm Mm. Interesting. So, do you have that kind of catchy external
0: conflict? Okay. So, let's say mm-hmm. I have that. Okay. Okay. That's okay. What's the next thing that I need to now? Okay. So, it's a story about this, and I'm going, I'm, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Okay. okay. So, it's now a story about, um, a stepmom and their son and the dad died uh, and the son and the stepmom are trying to sell all his stuff. That's my, that's my story. That's my okay. compelling story. Compelling okay. story. Like it's, it's, it hit close to home or whatever. I heard of a friend had a story like that. So I wanted to write it. Okay. 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 So, so I got a good. All right.
1: So I'm going to, before we move on, I want to yes. back up. Okay. Like absolutely sure. Absolutely sure. Okay. Because. Uh, we get fooled by that a lot. Yes. I have a great idea. I tell someone else, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, that's how you, I mean, right? It would seem like, well, yeah. So let's back up and make absolutely sure that we have this external conflict. Okay. Can I explain it to another person in one sentence? Mm. Can I explain the external conflict in one sentence? If it takes me four or five sentences to explain it, it's not compelling
0: enough yet. Like oh. I said with the Jurassic Park thing. Okay, but what if but what if I just don't know how to how to how to make it one sentence yet? Is it still compelling? It, it might be.
1: It, I gotcha. it might be down in there somewhere. Right.
0: Oh, okay. So it's really digging out the what is the
1: what yeah. is the conflict? Because oftentimes what if a person's saying to themselves How do I know if I should even, how do I know if I even have a good enough idea to even start writing this? Could be two things at play. One is I spent all this time and effort and I finish it and it's a hunk of junk anyway. I should have never just, I should have never wrote this thing. Right. It's a dud story. Gotcha. Or I'm going and going and going and it just becomes one of those projects that I never finish because I just get stuck. Right. And I never, it might've gone off in all these tangents and I have lots of story. Right. But I don't have the story. Gotcha. So being able to whittle it down to, can you explain the external conflict in one sentence keeps you from going in so many directions that you lose what your story is really all about. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So for example, for Jurassic Park. Scientists trapped on an island, the island's got a bunch of velociraptors and tyrannosauruses running around loose. Already, does your audience already get it? Do they get it without you having to explain every last detail? That's why one sentence. Gotcha. That, that's a part of, do I really have a compelling external conflict? Gotcha. Or do I have
0: an external conflict? Mm, yes, Different, right? Compelling versus like, oh, uh, I need to get to the store and I don't have a car. Okay, that's an external conflict. But is it compelling? Right. No,
1: if you tell that to your audience, no audience will go, oh, yeah, I could totally see how that would be an awesome movie. Right. So number one, without explaining every last detail, by being able to will it down to a single sentence, does that capture the imagination of the person you're telling it to? Mm. If yes, you probably got something right. Number two, and this, this is the thing. If you get this, write it. If they say to you, and then what, what happens? Tell me more. Uh. If you get that, you're on to something, right? If you say it's, it's about a thing and a stuff and a thing and their reply is, I don't get it. So. Is it is it this or is it is it this? If you're one sentence and they don't really quite get what the story is, they right. think it, wait, is it this or is it that? You lost them.
0: Right. And it's not good if you lose them in one sentence. Yeah. Because you're gonna spend 93 <laughs> pages trying to right. trying to figure out and again, it's it's a good, it's a good measuring stick because it's the average person, right? This is not this right. is not your now, again, a lot of us have friends that are, you know, creative and some of us that are not creative. And we have friends that are coworkers that are just not into films or whatever. And and so it, it should be noted that some people will just won't get it just because they're not into the realm. Sure. Right. Some people just don't like sports. So if I have a sports movie, they're like, I don't, OK, I don't. I really don't do sports. So I don't really know if it's I don't I don't know why it would be compelling. I can't tell. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it is a pretty good gauge on an everyday compelling story, external conflict. If the average person can go, oh, I get it. And then go. So then what happens then? Yeah. Right. Because now you're so now you're just taking the middle of the road person. You're not talking about someone that loves. (laughs) I love Daniel. Daniel, everything Daniel comes up with is brilliant. You know, it's like Daniel's mom. Daniel's mom loves everything Daniel does. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Daniel's mom said it was compelling, so you should probably go watch it. <laughs> you know, but you're talking about someone that is maybe, you know, the average person. That's hmm. someone that that's, you know, does has gone to the movies, likes movies, you know, maybe or have watched a decent amount of movies to know like you know, that's interesting or not interesting. I mean, so there's a, you know, you're, you're looking at the middle row. You're not looking at someone that's a film critic that's seen everything mm-hmm. and written about everything and knows everything. You're not talking about that kind of person. You're just talking right. about the layman, like, right. hey, here's a story. Here's this external compelling story. And that person goes, and then what happens? Yep. Yep.
1: Because if you're making a film, if you're going to make this film just for yourself, you want to show somebody. Right. And it would be awful snobbish of you to only gather together the filmmakers. Of, you know what I mean? Like, come
0: on, show it to people. Clearly I'm not going to show it to you because you wouldn't get it. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to waste my time on this story because this story is deep. Okay. And you're kind of a yeah. shallow person, so
1: you probably don't understand. There anyway, you go. Yeah. So if you're writing a script... Because you're going to eventually, you're going to make yourself, you're going to show it to people. Well, you're going to show it to all kinds of people. You can't screen them ahead of time. Oh, are you worthy of watching my fantastic film? Right. Right. And also, if you were going to sell that script, what do you think the people who would either buy the script or finance that film, what do they look at? They're not looking if they like it. They know whether people like it. It's about. How many eyeballs want that? Yeah. Do eyeballs want that? That is the almost the golden ticket to. Do I have an idea worth my time and effort to actually sit down and write the like you said the ninety three pages worth right that this is going to take to be a
0: and the rewrites grand, and the yes. long frustrations and absolutely the, the screaming and yelling absolutely. and the sacrifice of time and you know yeah.
1: So yeah, if I would say start there, if you, if you think you have a great idea and, but you're, you're, you are you you do not know if you want to take that next step to actually sit down and start writing it. First thing, can you will it down to one sentence and do you get a, Ooh, tell me
0: more. Okay. So now what's the next thing? It, okay. So, all right. External conflict. One sentence. Clear. Second, I got a, okay, but then what happens? Right. All right. Then what after that? So
1: if I'm past the point where I'm actually getting a lot of.
0: Ooh, what happens? Yeah. That's crazy. What happens? Or that's amazing. That's, (laughs) or that's so sad. What happens? Because yeah. not every script is yeah. not every script is happy, right? Sure. Not everybody, every film is happy. It's like, like, oh, that's so weird. What happens? Because I've seen a lot of films that are that one line. I mean, if you give them a one line and people go, well, that's so weird. And you see what happens. You're like, oh, that is weird. Mm-hmm.
1: So once you've got that first step. Right. My second piece of advice would be in how do I know if this is worth writing? Do I have at least a tentative ending to my story? Like you have a resolution. Yeah. Does it have to have a resolution? It it doesn't. You don't have to have the ending yet. But it has to have an ending. But you have to have thought of it, at least by this point. Right. Now, again, this is advice for people who have a great idea, but don't know if they want to Put in the effort to write it. Got it. If you just want to write, then just go for it and write. Right, right. We're not
0: talking about that. We're talking about someone that mm-hmm. actually, again, qualifying it to be yeah. in the industry, in the business, wanted to be a part mm-hmm. of it and maybe get it sold, maybe made, give it made, however you want to write. Yeah. Because, and not just for yourself and all your snob friends, but just, <laughs> right. just for the for the, you want to make something for the masses. Yeah. So
1: to have a tentative ending already in mind, it does two things. Number one, when we've sat down and written a script, where do we fail at? The very beginning? No, we've written the thing. We're halfway through. Now, uh, I don't know what to do with this. Nobody ever has a whole bunch of the last half of films written. Boy, I sure don't know how to start this, though. But boy, this conclusion is awful compelling. No, we always lose steam. We always get derailed at the end. Right. So if you at least have an idea, I think this is how it's going to end. Because when you get that, ooh, tell me more. Okay, okay. So it ends with um, all of the dinosaurs just happen to get heart attacks simultaneously and they all die and then they're all safe. What? Right. They all just happen to get heart. Like they all just happen to coincidentally all get heart attacks yes. at the exact same time. And then the good guys just walk away from it now you know if your ending is worth a damn or not right right so now just by telling just by knowing those two things what's my external conflict what's my tentative ending because here's the external conflict Ooh, tell me more so this is what happens at the end so this is how it ends oh man i like that see yeah now you've got an idea right Pretty sure I'm a I'm a putting my money on. Yeah, you've got an idea that you need to sit down, put in the time and effort, and write this thing out. Right.
0: The external conflict. Mm-hmm. You have a tentative idea of what the ending would be. And now again, we say tentative because y- you never know what may stoke your interest as you're growing through this storyline. Right. You you may sure. you may you may find yourself going oh, but this would be even better if this happened. This could raise the stakes or this could lower the stakes or this character's, you know, personality could evolve into X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. which may change the story, which may change the ending, which may change whatever. Yep. But I also feel like the other part of it that's brilliant about what you just said is that it <laughs> it keeps you on track, right? Because if I know what the... The external conflict is, and I tentatively know how it ends. Mm-hmm. It's sort of now I've got the framework, right? Of yeah. how do I build it Yeah. to end up in this space? Right. Right. How do I build it to end up in this space? And you, and it, so it would keep you on track of going, does this scene, does this thing that we're doing in this script, does this get me to that tentative ending? Right. Right. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, Daniel. Yes. We have an unbelievable external conflict. Yes, we do. And we shared it with Doug at work, and he goes, what happens? hmm And then I told Doug, this is how the ending goes. Yep. And Doug goes, what? And you go, <laughs> yes, Doug. That's how it ends. And Doug goes, I can't wait to see that. All right, Daniel. Yep. Now what? Okay. So let, let's let pretend
1: we have someone that still isn't sure if they should sit down right. Yes. <laughs>
0: They're like, yeah, but Doug's doesn't really know film. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug lives by himself and he has a bunch of rabbits. So I don't know if <laughs> Doug is the guy to be giving me the okay green light. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So now
1: if you need more convincing. That, yes, I should be writing this. Yes. The next thing I'll look at is, do you have compelling characters? This seems like so obvious a thing. However, here's why I say it's not. I have
0: seen films. I have read scripts. Hundreds of them, by the way. (laughs) Where being very modest because he's written more stuff than I just, <laughs> I just would, I mean, wow. But okay, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Where you could insert any generic character in the story and it would be the same story. There's nothing that makes this character a character. Wow. It's a, it's a block of wood that says things and does things. And there's no character. There's no compelling character. And right. Here's, Here's to me the thing that has to be there in order for there to be a, not just a character, because obviously you're gonna have characters in your story, but what makes a character compelling? Well, your main character, I'm gonna assume that you're writing a, I don't know what you wanna call it, a a typical story hero-villain. Your hero has to have some type of internal conflict they have to be battling something within themselves. Because if the hero character is just hero character, and hero character just does heroic things, and simply has to fight bigger and bigger dragons, and he just keeps winning, and then at the end he fights the biggest dragon, and then ta-da, end of story. That's, I don't wanna watch that. That's boring. (laughs) It's boring. I
0: have no, I have no connection to it. <laughs> Daniel, said, I don't want to watch that. So if you're thinking that's the story, don't put it in front of Daniel. Daniel doesn't want to watch that because I absolutely don't.
1: I don't want to watch a character simply says and does things because that's what the plot tells them to do. Right. I want to know that this is a human being. Right. Human beings have internal conflicts, which is, which is what makes. Which is what flavors the external conflict. Yes. If John Wick was simply an angry person, an angry, violent person, and he just decided one day, you know what? I'm going to go back to killing a bunch of dudes. And he just starts murdering all over the city. I don't really care. Right. I'm not rooting for you. Right. I'm rooting for you because there's that internal conflict, because there's that moment of... He got out of it. Right. He got out of the game. Right. Which everyone else in the movie says, that's
0: impossible to do. Right. He left it behind. He was done. And they let him go. That's the thing. like yeah. The fact that he, you were so good and did so much, you must have done something so huge that they let you finally just go. Yeah.
1: And there's that moment where he has to decide... Does he go back into that world? There's an internal conflict. Now we may say, well, that's not much of it. It's like, yeah, but it's enough to get us to root for him. It's enough to get us to think of him as a human being and not simply character A who shoots characters B,
0: C, D, and E. Got you. Okay. So question. Yes. How do I avoid, though, Mm -hmm. the cliche, right? How do I avoid the... I'm the hero and I do human things. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I always win. And, you know, I always, you know, I get the girl and get all the money and uh, that's that. I mean, yep. like, it's a pretty straightforward, like, John Wick feels, I mean, obviously, <laughs> the assumption when you go into these films is that John Wick doesn't die in the first five minutes. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. He's not going to die in the first five minutes. So you go, okay, okay, that's safe, which is... But the idea that, you know, how do you avoid, like, and then he always wins. That's just the way it is. Because because if you think about, like, the cliche of the story, it's always the same, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people out there, like, John Wick is dumb. Like, I it, it's the same, same over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. How do I avoid... The cliche. How do I avoid the cliches of, you know, love stories or war movies or um, bromances and rom coms and and how do I avoid those cliches? If can I avoid them? Oh sure, sure. And now we, we should make a
1: distinction here between can you use a trope or can you use a a commonly used thing in movies. The formula, right? Where use you the can, same that formula. That you can use, yes. Right. Cliché is more if it's just tired. If you just, almost out of laziness. Right. Well, I'll make the character this. So two things, two ways to avoid cliché is what do you do with the villain? The villain should also help stir up the internal conflict with your hero. The villain stirs up the inner conflict or helps to stir up the internal conflict with your hero. Right. But your relationship between what is the main character's internal conflict and does your villain make a good point? Because if the villain makes a good point, that will help to stir up the internal conflict in the hero, which is what is supposed to. Be. Now, I think one of the absolute
0: best examples of that in recent memory is Black Panther. I was just going to say that. And you know who else makes a good point like that too? Thanos. Yeah. I mean, if you really, but Mm -hmm. I think you have to be like a Marvel nerd to like really be like, oh yeah, that is compelling. Mm -hmm. And Joker Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. But go ahead, go with Black Panther.
1: You know, the villain of the story has a compelling backstory of his own. Yes. The Black Panther has to deal with the sins of his father. You stranded that boy in America. You killed his father right in front of him. you. Stra- you left him there. How could you do this? Yes. He has a lot of. The child has a lot of internal conflict. Because they're cousins. Right. Is this they're what it family, means? Family, right. Is this what it means to be the king of Wakanda? Is this what it means to be the Black Panther? I'm supposed to be the guardian of my people, not the one who abandons them. Right. So. When the villain shows up and says, I'm taking over because I have a right. I have a right to be this upset at all of you. The audience says, yeah, boy, sure.
0: <laughs> I see his point. That and what he actually wants to do, right? His plan. Yeah. Right. His plan is not about containing it. It's not about sharing the power. It's about actually taking over all of it. Yeah. Because we've been in hiding for so long, there's no reason that we should hide anymore. Yeah, that
1: moment when Killmonger reveals his plan of, we are going to send out Wakandan weapons, and we are going to arm our sisters and our brothers around the world, and we're going to rise up against our oppressors. There's a lot of people in the audience that go, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, that that, that. that,
1: that feels right. (laughs) That feels right. So you can have, even if you have what you might think is a cliche internal conflict in your hero, do you have a compelling enough villain that's going to push the buttons on your hero? Then it doesn't look so cliche.
0: Right. Okay. So you can mess with the villain. Yeah. To not make it cliche. Yeah. Okay. What else? And again,
1: make, make sure you remember that these are distinct individuals from each other. Right. They are individuals that exist within the story world. Instead of trying to shove characters in there that only serve the story, but they're not even a person, really. Right. Because then then you run into cliche. Right. Oh,
0: I need a character at this point. That's going to do this, this, and this. And then that shows this point of this guy. Yeah. Right. Right. Because we've all seen
1: fairly decent movies. And then a certain character shows up like, oh, look, here comes the love interest. So now we'll manufacture He'll care about somebody. Like, well, she's just going to die in the third act. Right. And that'll motivate He'll No. Right. Oh, and now he's motivated to defeat the bad guy. Whoop-de-doo. Right. But that character, that love interest character, wasn't a, a person. Right. They were just there to serve the story. Right. So if you have characters that are characters, that are persons, individuals, now you know you're onto something with your characters. Right. Now, you know, you're you're writing something worth writing. Got (laughs) you. Absolutely. Okay. Now the fourth. Now the fourth one is I want to have some type of a subplot. Okay. So you, so, okay. Because if the entire, your entire 93 pages is about this one conflict back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, we're going to get tired of it. Mm. So we need something else going on. Gotcha. Cause even going back to Jurassic Park, that was the first example I gave. Yeah, it's dinosaurs versus people, right? Is essentially what it all down to. But also the I can't remember uh, Sam Sam Neil's character's name, which doctor he was. But his character, he felt like he himself was a dinosaur. His people like him were gonna go extinct. Right. Well, if we get, we can just bring dinosaurs back to life, no, the world doesn't need me anymore. There was, I don't know if it's called a love triangle. Between yes. the two doctors and- uh, Yes. I almost said the fly.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's all that going on. Right. There's the two children, the two grandchildren. Right. They have a thing. Something is going on with them. Uh, the old man who was paying for the whole thing, he had his issues- the guy that worked for the old man that's stealing you know, the, the lawyer, eggs. The, yeah, the, the guy who was, just stealing, was stealing
0: eggs, right? He was trying to, yeah, profit off of it? Who sabotaged
1: the park just so he could get away because he was going to sell? Yeah, they. So there's all kinds of stuff besides humans versus dinosaurs going on. There's people screwing each other over. There's there's all kinds of things. So that makes for a compelling story when you have a some kind right. at least a subplot, right? Something going on besides the main thing. Right. That's really what it comes down to because the the audience is only going to care for so many minutes at a time about the main conflict. Right. The dinosaurs chasing the humans are cool, but if you just give me 90 uninterrupted minutes of that.
0: Of just people fighting dinosaurs. (laughs) People just on Jurassic Park just battling dinosaurs. That's it. Yeah. And if I don't have any kind of subplots...
1: Then I'm gonna to have to go back and uh, maybe I don't really have compelling characters then, because if there's nothing else going on between them, right? How compelling are they? How how three dimensional and human are they then? So it's
0: a, so it's nice to have this list because it's well, a sure. checks and balance thing, right? right? It's sort of like a oh, I get it. So this part of it is not mm-hmm. as refreshing or new or have the breath or the interest that Mm. it probably should have to eventually get me to the tentative end that I seek. Right. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So subplots. And then finally, the coup de grace, the big big finale.
1: This is the one that I don't know where to put. To me, this comes first. But I understand that to most people, this won't come first. So I'm going to put it last. Okay. Does your story have a message? Is there something you're trying to tell the world? Now, I'm going to go back once once again to yes. Jurassic Park. Yes. Does Jurassic Park have a a message? Is it trying to tell the world something? Now, you might say, well, it's, a, it's an action movie. It's, a, it's humans versus dinosaurs. I mean, isn't that cool enough? Right. It's got compelling characters. It's got subplots. It's, it's got all these other things. Right. Why do I need a message? To me, a message has to be there because that's the story's soul. Mm, Interesting. The soul. The soul of a story is its message. You may say that Jurassic Park and Frankenstein are the same story. Don't mess. Don't play God. Mm. Because we don't know what we're doing. Right. Jeff Goldblum's character, I can't remember the name of the character. Yeah, I can't either. But he says it straight out. You were so concerned with whether you could do it, you never stop to think if you should do it. Right. We play God with our science and our technology, but we don't yet have the morality, the ethics to understand what are we doing here? Right. We're bringing dinosaurs back to life for what? Right. To make a profit off of people. Right. Because he says nature chose. Right. Extinction for them. Right. Right, right, right. (laughs) Why are we messing with that? Right. And And essentially that's Frankenstein. Right. Don't mess with life and death. Right. It's something beyond what we're capable of having the morality for. Even if we could, even if we had the technology and the science to do it. Does it make sense to do it? Right. We can do it. That doesn't mean we should do it. Right. So if we have that message, something we're trying to tell the world, now the story has a soul to it. Now you can go back. Does your external conflict, does your ending, do your characters, do the subplots, all work its way towards
0: the soul, the soul, the message of your story. Right. Right. And I think that's there's something to having that first, right? Mm. Because then it becomes the motivating um, depth of pushing the other four, right? So if your if your message is about child abuse yep. or psychological, you know, warfare or whatever, whatever it is, it's your soul, the commentary, the lesson, the message that then can help color right all the things that lead up to and tell that compelling story yep interesting
1: so for me that's that's my uh five things to consider you know how do i know if i have a story worth sitting down and writing out a script for
0: and i i I love that because again it's great because everybody's got an idea, right? An mm-hmm. idea is an idea. I mean everybody has tons of ideas all day long right about how they could make their work better, the company they want to start, the the um whatever, whatever widget you want to in- invent and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about like storylines and wanting to be in the industry and writing films and writing stories and writing shows, you know, those five things really help keep you directed. Yep. You know, and it also is sort of like a puzzle, right? You could then go, okay, I have this and I have that, but I, I don't have a subplot and I don't, I don't know about the ending. And my message—I mean, message—is really cl- well. Message is not quite clear yet. Mm. Yeah. 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 Right. So then, so then, so would it? So we can then help sort of tighten things up for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, because I—I—I I, I go through fits and bouts. Right. When I when I come up with an idea, oh man, I love it. I love it. And for me, I just sit down and start writing. Mm. And then by page five, either I'm like. This is so dumb. Like, what am I do? Like, this is not, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I'm all set. Like, I had this idea. It's just not, it's just not there. I just, it lacks mm-hmm. a whole bunch, right? Yeah. But that's a good that's a good way of being able to say, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. My idea has all those things. Like my, I've i got that. That's that's this is this is this is good. This is this is inspirational, this is motivational, this is the thing that keeps you at page 30 frustrated mm-hmm. with the dialogue that this guy's getting hung up on and what he should or shouldn't be saying at this point of the story. You go, oh, the message. Got it. Yeah. Or oh, oh the the subplot. Got it. You know what I mean. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a good. I, I'm I'm happy that you told me that because again, you've just enlightened me <laughs> about that because again, that that's really really helpful because it would have saved me I don't know forty or fifty different times sitting down <laughs> writing eight to 10 pages of like, okay, well, that died out pretty quickly. Okay. So I didn't get quite all the far as I needed to with that. So, but yeah, so that's awesome, man. Thank you. I really appreciate Thank that. Thank you that's very much. A, that's, uh, listeners, I hope, I hope you got, uh, inspired and motivated as I did because, you know, it's a really good guide. It's a really cool, um, way of litmus testing where you are with your story you know what i mean where you are with what you want to write so thank you daniel i appreciate that man thank you very much thank you listeners (laughs) absolutely and like i said as always listeners i hope you enjoyed this episode please continue to take care of each other this is daniel thank you so much for all your support um
1: over this very tumultuous year listeners daniel signing off Thank you for joining us at the Darnell Autry Show. We're out.